Welcome back to The Rollout. I'm Jeff Pratt, and joining me as always is Trent Henrich. How's it going, Trent? It's going well. Pretty sad that summer's starting to wind down, though. Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to getting back to school, though. It's definitely uh, been a while without human interaction out here in New Hampshire. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. So today we have something different for you guys. Trent and I actually had a draft last night. We've been in this league for what is it? Three or four years now, Trent? Maybe even longer, honestly. Yeah. This is uh, stemmed from, I think, our sophomore year in high school. So uh, this is a league that hits pretty close home to us. Uh, We're definitely very competitive in this league. Necessarily, we're not necessarily competing against high-quality experts like in some other leagues, but these guys know what they're talking about, and there's definitely a certain edge that's brought to this league just because we've been going for so long and we've known each other for so long. But anyway, we had our draft in this league, and we've done two mock drafts episodes so far for the rollout. I thought, why not bring that same style to this episode but just talk about it as a draft recap of the first meaningful draft we're talking about on the rollout. And just for, for a perspective standpoint, I made a lot of trades. Trent actually made a lot of trades too. And I don't think either of us had a first-round pick, Trent. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, we both traded away our first-round picks. We like the uh, depth that you can get in this between rounds two and round four. Um, so that's the route we took for this draft. Yeah, definitely. Uh, both of us ended up with, I think, two second-rounders, two third-rounders, and then you had two sixth-rounders as well, Trent. Yes, I did. All right, cool. So since neither of us had a first-round pick, we might as well give a quick recap of the first round, uh, just touching over anything significant that happened. And, you know, right off the bat, Trent, we have to talk about with the second overall pick, obviously Christian McCaffrey went first overall, and then Zeke went second overall. And I know you had some specific thoughts on that, Trent, so I'll let you talk about it. Well, honestly, I was more upset because I had the third overall pick. That's true. And I traded it away. And if I knew I was getting Saquon at three, I definitely would have kept it. Uh, I didn't think Ezekiel would go to him. I'm not really against seeing him go at two. I'm more against it in um, a PPR format. And standard, I actually like Zeke just as much as Christian McCaffrey in a standard league. But for PPR, I think Saquon's value has to be really up there, especially in uh, offense where Daniel Jones is still young coming into his second season. And Saquon... You know, he had a down season last year, and he's a real competitor. And I don't think he's okay with that. He wants to be the best, and he's going to compete to be the best. That's why I thought Saquon should be two. I, I, I have more of an issue, honestly, with Zeke going at two than if Saquon would be taken at one. Interesting. That's interesting. And, you know, we've had this conversation a couple of times, and my main point why I don't hate taking Zeke at two is that Zeke clearly has the safer floor, even in PPR leagues compared to Saquon. I mean, just look at what happened last year. Saquon struggled with injuries, had a bit of a down year. Whereas Zeke, I mean, has he even had a significant injury in his career? Like, point me out if I'm wrong there. But the dude is the model of consistency besides his, his suspension a couple of years ago. The man is the definition of a workhorse back. So I understand wanting to go safe there, especially Saquon coming off a not-so-hot year. But I will agree with you. If you're going to take Zeke second overall, why not trade to why not try to trade down to three? Yeah, and another thing that comes with Zeke uh, that people might not realize is, you know, Chris McCaffrey, you don't draft his backup. Saquon Barkley, you don't draft his backup, or not usually anyways, but Ezekiel Elliott has Tony Pollard behind him, and Tony Pollard is probably one of the top three or four backup running backs in the league. Guy's really talented, 
when Zeke did miss a couple games because I think he had a suspension of some sort, Tony Pollard played, and he looked really good. Uh, he's played a couple of preseason games in the past as well. Uh, and people are high on Tony Pollard, so if you draft Zeke, you're giving up like, you know, I don't know, like a ninth, 10th round pick, and you have to go get Tony Pollard uh, just in case something was to happen to Zeke. Yeah, you know, that's actually interesting, Trent, because I had a couple conversations on Twitter today with people who don't believe in picking up handcuffs. In fact, they believe if you're going to take a handcuff, take someone from a different backfield, which is actually what I did later on in the draft. I don't have Dalvin Cook, but I ended up picking up Alexander Madison. And they make an interesting point that, yes, you can pick up your handcuff, but if you're taking someone else's handcuff, then you're securing potentially two elite backfields if that other workhorse gets injured. And I think that that's an interesting point, but at the same time, if you're not taking your handcuff and you're going to get a guy like Zeke or a guy like Dalvin Cook, then you are at such a high risk if they go down for the season. So I want to hear your thoughts on that, Trent. Yeah, and you know, I've never been really high on um, grabbing handcuffs until this season, and this was a factor before we even started the draft. I contacted um, the guys or commissioner this year, and I suggested that we expand the league add a, a bench spot and add an extra IR spot too, because there are COVID's going to be a real factor this year. And I, that's why I think um, handcuffs can be so important because let's say, you know, Zeke does get uh, COVID. He's going to be out for two weeks and Tony Pollard can put up huge numbers in those two weeks. And if you don't have him, you could be facing the guy who has him. And I think it's, and for injury uh, sake as well, but I think it's most important this season to have your backup just in case the starter gets COVID and, you know, maybe he doesn't recover fully from it or he misses some time with it. I think it's really important to have your backup this year. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And, you know, we've talked enough about what happened in this first round. So we'll just give a quick recap of it. We did have the first four RBs off the board, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke, Saquon, and Kamara. Michael Thomas' slide ended at five. Then we had Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, and then at eight, DeAndre Hopkins was the second wide receiver off the board, which definitely drew some criticism from people we were drafting with. But following him was Devontae Adams, Julio Jones at 10, Tyree Kill at 11, and the Tampa Bay Bucks receiver Chris Godwin at 12. Trent, what are your thoughts about Hopkins being the second receiver off the board? Honestly, I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, here's why. I think that Devontae Adams and Julio Jones are safer receivers than DeAndre Hopkins. is because DeAndre Hopkins has thrived uh, in the Houston offense where he got an unbelievable amount of targets. And that's honestly a, a pretty big factor in why he was um, so productive in a fantasy standpoint, just because he got such a large workload. And we know that Devontae Adams and Julio Jones have and will continue to get in those workloads. I'm not sure in his first season with the second-year quarterback, DeAndre Hopkins will get that workload, especially with guys like Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk and a good a decent receiving back and Kenyon Drake in the backfield. I don't think he gets the same target, uh, the same number of targets he's gotten in the past. So I, I actually expect a little bit of a drop in Hopkins numbers. Um, so I, I'd rather have taken Adams and Jones, Adams or Jones, if I was going to take uh, the second wide receiver off the board. Yeah, that's definitely fair. And I'm with you 100%. I would go with probably Jones and then Adams and then Hopkins. Obviously, I was much higher on Hopkins earlier in the season. But the more you look at the way these rosters are constructed, I just think that Jones and Adams are going to see an insane amount of targets this year. Absolutely. All right, so moving on into the second round, where Trent and I both had our first two picks. 
Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire actually went with pick 2-1, followed by Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, and Kenyon Drake. And then I was on the clock with the fifth pick in the second round, and I got my guy, Josh Jacobs. There was never a doubt I was going to go with Jacobs. Honestly, probably would have taken him over any of the guys that went above him. Although, you know, I'm getting a little higher on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Not ready to go quite there yet. I still would have probably taken Josh Jacobs. But, uh, you know, Trent, Clyde rose a lot in this draft. Yeah, he, he definitely did. But, um, you know, to, hit, to uh, Clyde's defense, he's going to be in a, in a high-powered offense where he's going to put up points. The real question mark is how quickly uh, does he adapt to the NFL play style, in my opinion. There's no doubt that he is going to be their running back. No one's going to compete for touches from Clyde. They committed um, such a high draft pick on them. They're, they're going to use him in this offense, and this offense scores a lot of points, which is going to produce a you know high-quality running back. And I could see him, um, you know, you know, outproducing guys like Kenyon Drake, Nick Chubb, guys that were drafted. Like I, I respect the pick um, taking Clyde thirteenth overall. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I just wouldn't feel comfortable taking him in the first round. I think uh, that is a bit too risky for me. But anywhere in the second round, I can justify it. And maybe at the end of the first round, if you're that high in him. But anyway, continuing. Talking about my picks, uh, I did pick up Josh Jacobs. And then following him right away was Juju Smith-Schuster. That was very high. That was probably the highest I've seen Juju go in drafts this year. But, I mean, I like it. The guy who drafted him is very bold. Trent and I have known him for years. And uh, that was a bold move to make. But, I mean, if he, has, if he is able to play up to the potential that both Trent and I think he can, I think this is a decent pick. Yeah, and, you know, just to note about this league, it's a lot of, trash talking and pride it's a really close-knit group um, so guys aren't afraid to make some bold moves and take the heat for it because they, they will give it right back so it was a lot of fun seeing guys take take people like juju so high uh, and we'll see if it pays off yeah absolutely anyway continuing that we did have nick chubb and travis kelsey following him and then i was on the clock yet again with my second pick and if you know me you know i'm always going two running backs right off the back with my first two picks. And uh, I was able to secure Austin Eckler. And I think that at that spot with the ninth pick in the second round in a PPR league, I got some great value for him. Yeah, you definitely did. Um, you know, that, that, that was a good pick in Austin Eckler, especially like you said, in PPR, he's going to get uh, a bunch of catches. There still is a question mark on his workload directly on the ground. Um, but there's no doubt he's going to get his, his, his touches uh, receiving. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Trent, so you had the next uh, two out of the three picks, so go for it. I actually had three of the next four picks. Uh, That's true. Uh, but I, I have two of the last three in, in, in round two um, with the 10th overall pick in the second round. I went with Aaron Jones. I was happy to see, um, you know, one of those fringe uh, RB1 still on the board, uh, so I scooped him first. Uh, I, I, I was happy to get Aaron Jones. I think, I mean, he was running back too last year. His numbers are, are going to regress a little bit because I don't expect him to get, you know, 16 touchdowns again, like on the ground like he did last year. But if he gets 11 or 12, he's still going to be an RB1. So I, I had no problem taking Aaron Jones there. Yeah, I mean, I like that pick. He was 
my other guy. If Austin Eckler was off the board, I was definitely scooping up Jones. So like, like the same thing with Eckler. I think that's great value. Both of these guys were top five PPR running backs last year. They definitely have a chance to be top 10 backs again. So I like it. Yeah. And then uh, the next pick following that, uh, I think it was actually an auto draft pick, which is disappointing because I wanted the guy that was drafted, which is Mike Evans, uh, who dropped pretty far in the draft. I felt like, uh, so he was the 11th pick in round two. And then I was back on the clock with the last pick in round two. I ended up going with Adam Thielen. Um, I mean, I had the next pick as well after that, so it didn't matter who I really chose here. Uh, but I knew I wanted to go Adam Thielen just because I think Kirk Cousins, um, you know, if you look from a stats perspective, he's a really good quarterback. Um, he has a pretty high completion, completion percentage. And I, I have no problem with Thielen, especially Diggs being gone. Thielen's the no-doubt number one target. Uh, I think he's going to have a really good season. He's a pretty consistent wide receiver. As long as he stays healthy, I was happy to snag him. Yeah, I mean, I like that a lot. And honestly, I think there might be an argument to be made about taking Thielen over Mike Evans just because of the projections that both of us have. But like you said, Trent, Mike Evans fell that far, and I would have liked to have him there as well. But if you're not going to get him, I think you took the right guy with that last pick in the round two. Yeah, and then with the first pick in round three, I, I also had that pick. So I, I, had, <laughs> I had a couple picks stacked up here. Um, I went with another wide receiver. Uh, I went with Kenny Galladay. Uh, it was a tough – this was the toughest decision for me in the draft, pro- probably throughout the draft. I had to choose between Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore, Allen Robinson, and Amari Cooper. Those are the main four guys I was looking at. I know I wanted to take a wide receiver in this spot. Uh, Galladay was kind of a risk at that moment because he was still on the um, possible COVID list uh, for for the Lions. He actually got taken off this morning, which was good to see. Uh, But I'm really happy getting Galladay here. I expect that his yards uh, per catch decreases, but his workload is going to increase. And he's going to have a better quarterback to work for this year in Matt Stafford as long as he stays healthy. And Kenny Galladay was already wide receiver nine last year with quarterbacks like uh, David Blau and Jeff Driscoll. So having Matt Stafford at, at quarterback, I think Kenny Galladay's ceiling is probably wide receiver six, which is I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're going to get Kenny Galladay in the third round, no matter the circumstances, even if it's a PPR league, there's a case to, made that, to be made that he might be more valuable in a standard league just because obviously he was the touchdown leader last year with 11 um, for receivers or any receiving threat. Uh, but even in a PPR league, He's still has great value in the third round. Uh, I agree with what you said, Trent. Definitely his yards per catch is going to go down just because he's not going to be able to make that many big plays again. But he is probably going to see a much larger, much larger workload, which is going to account for that drop in production. But, you know, in PPR leagues, that's what you want. You don't want him getting like 60 catches, which is, I think is around where he got last year. So honestly, the production he put up was pretty outstanding. Yeah, he had, I think, just over 20 like around 20 yards per catch. Um, so that's definitely going to go down, but I expect more catches. And like you said, in PPR, that's what you'd like to see uh, more targets equate some more catches. Uh, following Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore was taken off the board, um, but I knew exactly who I wanted to take. And I, I didn't take him before because uh, the person who was picking after me had auto pick uh, and it would have auto picked Kenny Galladay for him if I hadn't taken him. So I'd be smart. Took Galdi uh, in the first pick of round one. And then I also had the third pick, in, or sorry, first pick in round three. And I also had the third pick in round three. 
and I took George Kittle. Uh, I honestly, I talked to Jeff before the draft. If Kelsey and Kittle were both on the board when I started having these picks, I was going to take both of them, put one at tight end, one at flex. Uh, I, I don't know why, but I really like having the top two tight ends. But having one there was great. Uh, I really like Kittle. He gets around you know, 80, 90 catches for a tight end, which is all you can ask for as a tight end one and uh, you know one of those top two uh, or top two tight ends in the league. So I was happy to have Kittle on my team. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I knew you were going to take a tight end with one of those picks. You've been talking about that strategy uh, for a couple of episodes now in the rollout. So I'm happy you got your guy. Yeah, I was happy too. All right, so I actually had the pick right after you. And from now on, you know, we've taken uh, quite a bit of time just to get through halfway through round three. So we're just going to be addressing who we took and who a couple of options that we took them over moving on. And then maybe anything notable in the rounds if something, if something stood out. So with round three, pick four, I was choosing between Allen Robinson and Amari Cooper. And if you've been listening to the rollout for this long, you know I am not touching Amari Cooper. So Allen Robinson was my guy. I love his situation in Chicago. I think what we saw out of him last year is what we're going to see out of him going forward for the next couple of years, regardless of who his quarterback ends up being. If it's Mitch Trubisky, then yes, he's the worst quarterback, but he's going to continue to to force him the ball in those third down situations. He's going to throw him and feed him the ball in tight windows, and that's where Robinson excelled last year. If it's Nick Foles, we're just going to see a more competent quarterback who hopefully can build a better rapport with Robinson. So I was definitely happy having Robinson as my first receiver off the board. Yeah, Robinson was a great pick there. I mean, the real reason why I didn't draft him uh, was because I can't stand whoever his quarterback is going to be. But there's no question he's going to get the volume. And in PPR, that's really what you're looking for. I just hope that the quarterbacks can actually throw it, uh, you know, within five feet of him so he can catch the balls. Yeah, you know, I hope so too. And if Mr. Visky is the quarterback, then obviously there's a question if he can actually get that done. This is true. Yeah. All right, so moving on. Uh, I had a pick five picks later than that. Both Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes went off the board. I'm looking for hopefully my second wide receiver, but Amari Cooper did go off the board. Spoiler alert, I wasn't going to take him anyway. Uh, so I realistically was looking at potentially stretching for a guy like Cortland Sutton or OBJ. Calvin Ridley, those guys who I realistically thought I might be able to snag with my fourth round pick. So I decided to stack up with my third running back at the flex. And I did end up going with Leonard Fournette over the likes of Todd Gurley, Chris Carson, David Johnson, and Melvin Gordon. Realistically, it was between Gurley and Fournette for me. And I just had to go with a safer pick because Gurley, as much as we love him, as much as we love his upside, realistically, the more you think about it, we don't know exactly what we're getting out of him this year. We have no idea, despite the reports, if he's actually that healthy until we see him play football. Whereas Leonard Fournette, we've talked about this a lot. We think they're going to feed him the ball and basically just run him into the ground. And I think he's going to have a really good year. Yeah, I agree. I think that Fournette was the safer pick here rather than Todd Gurley. Um, but we do know Todd Gurley can put up really big numbers. His health is just a big question mark, so... Uh, I'm not against going with Fournette. I think that was the right pick. Uh, the only, I, when you were drafting, I thought you might go for a wide receiver just because you already had two running backs. I didn't know if you were going to stretch for a guy like you know Odell or your guy Calvin Ridley. Um, but I think you made the right pick here. It can't hurt to have three solid running backs on your roster. Um, so good call going with Fournette. 
Yeah, thank you. I mean, you're going to see who I took as my wide receiver too, and I think I did make the right decision because, honestly, this guy is really talented. But anyway, moving on, Trent, to I think uh, the first pick in round four for you. Yeah, so after your pick, or your pick started a streak of running backs coming off the board, went Fournette, Gurley, Carson, David Johnson, and Melvin Gordon. Uh, I was the first pick in round four after that, and I still needed my RB2, and there was one guy left on the board. It was actually one of the guys I wanted to see. I didn't want to see Melvin Gordon. I actually didn't want to see David Johnson there either. So I was really happy uh, that Le'Veon Bell did drop to me. I think that he's going to see quite a few catches out of the backfield this year. And we know he can put up some serious uh, numbers uh, on the ground. So I was pretty happy getting um, Le'Veon Bell with the potential he has after a down year. They've improved their offensive line coming into this season. So I know Bell can put up bigger numbers than he did last year. So I was happy to get him with the first pick in round four to grab that uh, second wide receiver, or second running back for my team. Yeah, honestly, I mean, if Gurley was off the board and you have to choose between Carson, DJ, Melvin Gordon, and Le'Veon Bell, I've been in a situation where I'd probably pick Bell. I mean, obviously, we don't know what we're getting with David Johnson, and I think he might have maybe more upside, but people are still sleeping on Le'Veon Bell somehow. I mean, obviously, he didn't have a great year last year. He was running behind one of the worst, if not the worst, offensive lines in football, but New York, to their credit, they did a lot to add to that offensive line, they took Makai Becton with a top uh, 15 pick in the draft this year. I like him. I like who else they added to their offensive line. Le'Veon Bell, Adam Gase said earlier today, and he's been saying he's been working his butt off to get in shape for this season. Bell, he's going to be on the field a lot because this Jets defense, after they lose Jamal Adams, they're going to be abysmal and scoring up points like crazy. So Le'Veon Bell, we know he can get involved in the passing game, probably better than any of these guys, even Fournette, that slew of running backs that went before him. So in a PPR league, Trent, I really like that pick for you. Yeah, and like you said, to to add on or to emphasize, the the, the Jets' defense is really poor this season, especially after moving Adams. So they're going to be trying to come back in a lot of games. So Le'Veon Bell is a PPR running back that's going to get a lot of kicks out of the backfield. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Trent, I don't think you have a pick again until uh, after me, right? Yeah, I don't have a pick for a while. All right. So, uh, the guys I did or I were originally targeting uh, for my wide receiver – what is it, my wide receiver three? Or no, my wide receiver two, uh, Calvin Ridley, OBJ, Corlin Sutton, not even really OBJ, but Robert Woods. They did go before my next pick. Robert Woods actually went the pick before, so that kind of hurt. I know Trent was legitimately calling out for people to take Robert Woods in that draft, which I think is very poor from you, sir. But uh, anyway, I did end up going with Keenan Allen, who I was really happy with. I think he was wide receiver six in PPR leagues last year, and I think he's got a safe floor despite not having the most secure quarterback position uh, or situation. Sorry, I think that Tyrod Taylor is going to be the week one starter, but Herbert could end up winning it out. Either way, Keenan Allen, elite receivers, find a way to get the job done regardless of the quarterback situation. And Keenan Allen, in my opinion, is an elite receiver. So I'm not that worried on about him. And I'm happy about getting a guy who finished as wide receiver six last year in the fourth round. Yeah, he's, he's one of the best at route running as well. I really like Keenan Allen. I, was, I wasn't shocked you took Allen. I was a little bit surprised you didn't maybe consider A.J. Brown a little bit more. I know we've talked about him a lot. 
he has a lot of upside coming into this season. Um, but I, I think Keenan Allen is the number one target on this offense. And I think he still have a decent season. I don't know how, how much Mike Williams and Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler will eat into his production. I think it really depends on who's playing quarterback and how well he meshes with them. Yeah, so I actually was choosing between A.J. Brown and Keenan Allen down to the wire. But I just look at the systems they're in. Tennessee is in a run-first offense. Derrick Henry is going to get the ball a lot. And while I think A.J. Brown has the potential to be a top-five receiver in this league, I do think he's held back by the quarterback he has throwing the ball to him and the, uh, the system that he's in. Whereas we know that with the Chargers, regardless who's going to be the quarterback there, they're not going to be a run-first system. So that's just why I chose Keenan Allen. But it really was almost a coin flip for me. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so I didn't have a pick in the fifth round. Uh, Trent, I don't think you did either looking at your team. I did not, no. All right, so uh, just skimming over the fifth round, seeing if there was anything uh, crazy that happened there. I don't think there was. Um, Yeah, Stephon Diggs went probably in the fifth round, who, in my opinion, that's really good value on Diggs. But other than that, no one out of the ordinary. DeAndre Swift, maybe that's a little high for him, uh, but we've been seeing him. Then ain't taken around there as well. So we might as well move on to the sixth round where I have the first pick again, Trent, because you had that uh, 10 and 12 combo again. So moving on to the sixth round, I had filled out my starting lineup, uh, had a really strong RB core, and honestly, I'm looking to add to it because as we've been stressing this entire time, this offseason, fantasy football this year, the running back position is so thin. And I had the opportunity to get a guy who's going to see a ton of volume. I know people just really aren't a fan of him this year from a pure football and talent standpoint, which is fine. But when, anytime David Montgomery is there for you in the late sixth round, I urge you to take him because he's going to see easily probably 275 carries this year, maybe even more. Matt Nagy and this Bears offense said that they're going to feature him as their workhorse back this year. I believe it. I've got Montgomery and Robinson in the Chicago offense. I stacked them. Uh, Obviously, Montgomery might not even start for me, but who knows if he ends up outperforming Leonard Fournette. But the whole point is volume is king for fantasy running backs this year, and anytime you're going to have a chance to get a guy who's going to see 250-plus carries in the sixth round, you take it. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I mean, honestly, I thought Montgomery was going to fall to me. He didn't. It was a great pick on your part, but I got you back a little later in the draft. Yeah, you did. So why don't you uh, move on to your next two picks, Trent? Yeah, so uh, with the 10th pick in the sixth round, uh, I, I had, um, because of trades, I had a few picks coming up again. Um, but I ended up going with Michael Gallup. I actually really haven't drafted him uh, much this year, but I did a little research uh, as the clock was winding down, and I didn't realize this, but uh, in the 13 full games that uh, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup played together last year, uh, Gallup played on 44 more snaps and was targeted four more times than Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper is a clear-cut, to some people, the clear-cut number one wide receiver on this team, and he's usually drafted in the second or third round. So to get Michael Gallup in the end of the sixth, I was pretty happy with that. He also had over 1,100 yards last season uh, and really started to break out. On He had also had over... He had 113 targets, so I was surprised at how much production that Michael Gallup had last year. Uh, so I, I was happy to, to draft him here and, and put him in my flex for now. 
Yeah, I mean, Trent, that stat is just music to my ears, backing up my case that Amari Cooper is going to be one of, if not the biggest bust in fantasy football this year. I mean, I love that statistic. And I think Michael Gallup, you know, I was giving you a little bit of hate uh, for that pick, but realistically, when I take a step back and look at it, he's got a ton of potential. He had, what, 1,100 yards last year? Yep. Yeah, and only 13 games. And I realistically think that he and C.D. Lamb are going to help each other a lot this year and hurt Amari Cooper simultaneously. Yeah, so that, that was a, an interesting pick for me, but I was happy with how it went. Uh, then Kyler Murray went with the 11th pick in, the, in round six, and then I was back on the clock with the last pick in round six. I ended up going with Ronald Jones. Uh, I've been talking about him a bit. I, I'm becoming higher on him. One of the real, one of the big reasons why I like him, uh, and we were talking about. I'm trying to think. The, uh, I'm trying to think of the running back we were talking about before. Um, oh, Clyde. I know they're not. They're not even similar running backs. My point I'm going to bring up is they're both in, or so they're both going to be in very high scoring offenses, and usually, you know, running backs are in a high powered offense. It's usually put up pretty good production. Uh, so Ronald Jones, I expect to get. Uh, more pass-catching uh, responsibility this season. He's been working on that. I, I like him a lot more than Keyshawn Vaughn. So I was happy to grab him here and, and throw him on my bench. Yeah, I like Ronald Jones a lot. I think that was a great pick. Honestly, besides David Montgomery, that would probably be my target if Monty was already taken. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of people are saying that LaShawn McCoy might have a bigger workload in this backfield, but we look at what he did in Kansas City last year. I think he got maybe just over 100 carries, if that. I think that's realistically his ceiling this year because we know what we're going to get from LaShawn McCoy. He's a vet. He's old at this point. He's going to be good for probably five to ten touches a game if he's even healthy. Ronald Jones clearly has so much more upside, and he's been working really hard on his game. So I like that pick a lot, Trent. Yeah, exactly. So moving on to round seven, uh, I had the third pick in this round, and this is where things get (laughs) a bit spicy. Oh, Trent, uh, Uh, what did you do? I decided to, uh, you know, I decided to not pick with my brain, but to pick with my heart. Uh, you picked to try to make me mad. Exactly. Uh, Jeff had the fourth pick in round seven, um, so I knew I was picking right before him. And looking at the board, there were a lot of guys I wanted to pick, but there was <laughs> one guy I didn't want Jeff to pick. Oh, my uh, God. So I decided to go the most unconventional route uh, after absolutely trashing this man for how many episodes? 26 episodes. Uh, yeah, we, and considerably longer outside of yes. this, this podcast. And I will continue to. I am actively shopping this player. I Jack Prescott dropped to the seventh round, and I knew Jeff would be jumping off the walls if he got Dak Prescott in the middle of the seventh round, and I could not let it happen. So I drafted Dak Prescott. Uh, I'm going to have to pick up Andy Dalton here in a few seconds after realizing that I did draft Dak Prescott in this draft because uh, he will not be the starter for very long. Um, so, yeah, oh, I, draft, I drafted Dak as my starting quarterback in round seven. Oh, man. Oh, man, Trent. I just don't understand how you can do that after making this man public enemy number one for the Trent Henrich fantasy football camp this year to go out and take him as your quarterback when you could have had the second wide receiver from this Lions offense. You know, you could have locked down that receiving court. You could have had a guy like Darius Geis, Julian Edelman, 
Evan Engram if you wanted a tight end, maybe even stressed taking Debo Samuel. There are plenty of guys left on the board, but you decide to go with Dak Prescott. That is insane to me. I couldn't let you have him. It's just hey, you know what, Trent? Do you want to try to work out a trade right now? I'll throw you throw you an offer. I'll give you Josh Allen and Preston Williams for Dak Prescott. I'm also. That's a tragic uh, decline for you because Preston Williams is going to be a wide receiver one, clearly. I think Preston Williams will be good, but... Yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to Preston Williams when we get to him later on. That is true. I just... Uh, I need more value out of uh, Dak Prescott. Oh, oh, man. All right. Um, well, do you want Marvin Jones and uh, Josh Allen? Uh, it's not a bad offer. That's, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk, talk later. Yeah, we'll talk. So I did end up... That spoils it. I took Marvin Jones with a pick right after Dak Prescott. Maybe even to make you mad, Trent, because realistically, I thought about taking Julian Edelman here, and that's likely who I would have gone with, but I picked with my heart again because you just made me mad. So I wanted to make sure you couldn't lock up that Lions uh, receiving core. And Marvin Jones, we've been talking about him quite a bit. He is one of the more underrated receivers from a fantasy perspective. When on the field, he and uh, Kenny Galladay actually see a pretty similar target share. So I do think his target share will continue to drop this year because he's uh, over the age of 30 and Kenny Galladay is entering his prime. Um, But Marvin Jones is still a really solid receiver to bring off your bench, plug and play in specific weeks and matchups you like. And I thought it was good value getting him in the seventh round. Yeah, I mean, Marvin Jones is a guy that you know is going to get four to five catches a week. It's just what he does. He's very consistent. His ceiling is is pretty – his ceiling isn't high – uh, but his floor is is very solid. He's not going to drop very far, I don't think, unless he got hurt. Uh, one thing I do want to add, though, uh, which is nice to point out to viewers, is I, I, I don't plan on keeping Dak Prescott, but if I did, I have Michael Gallup paired up with him in my lineup. So every time Dak and Gallup connect, I get double points, basically. That's true. You stacked. I did, did stack. stack. Yeah. All right. So uh, moving on, I do I have the next pick, Trent? I think. Yeah, you do. And, yeah, and I it, do. All right. Um, it's something that we do have to bring up is the fact that Henry Ruggs was, was selected with a 12th pick in the seventh round by our very own commissioner. Shout out, Nick Spurdudo. You are a clown for this selection. Yeah. That, I mean, to be fair, I like Henry Ruggs, but he realistically could have grabbed him uh, maybe the 10th round. May, probably the 11th. I'm easily the 10th, I think. I mean, if he wanted, like I said, if he wanted to stretch for him, he could have got him the 10th. Um, taking Henry Ruggs in the seventh round over guys that have really, really, uh, I, I would say, higher upside and, and, and a stronger floor than Henry Ruggs. I, mean, I, I do like Henry Ruggs a lot. He's probably one of my favorite rookie wide receivers just because he's going to, I think he's going to see a, a decent workload uh, in Las Vegas, but. Yikes, seventh round, that's, that's, that's a real stretch. That's absolutely ridiculous. Just as a uh, frame of reference, C.D. Lamb was taken with the seventh overall pick in the tenth round, and I think he's going to be the best fantasy rookie receiver this year. So yeah, it was take, that, take that as you will. But anyway, moving on to the eighth round, uh, I did have pick number nine, and I did have to go out and get my number two target at quarterback because Trent snatched Jack Prescott for me, but I was pretty happy to select Josh Allen from the Buffalo Bills in the late eighth round. I think that's solid value for him. Yeah. I mean, you love Josh Allen a lot. Eighth round, mid, mid to late eighth round is probably where he should go. Matt Ryan had gone earlier. So you want to make sure you get a solid quarterback in your system. 
uh, Josh Allen's definitely a suitable quarterback and going to finish probably in the top 10 for QBs. So definitely a safe bet there. Yeah, and not just Matt Ryan, but Tom Brady also went before Josh Allen. And I'd personally take Allen over both of those guys. So I like the value I got on him, especially, I mean, he's not your traditional quarterback, but we've talked about it so much. His rushing capability just gives him such a higher fantasy ceiling than these other guys. Yeah, I mean, personally, I like Matt Ryan a little bit more than than Josh Allen, but uh, Josh Allen has that potential running the ball. Yeah, definitely. All right, Trent, so you had to pick right after me, and you scooped up maybe the steal of the draft. That might be a little bit of a reach, but this was a great pick for you. Yeah, I wanted to make sure I went out and got my guy because I wasn't going to have another pick till late in round 10. I wanted another solid wide receiver uh, just in case uh, maybe Michael Gallup doesn't uh, turn out to who I think he's going to be. So I went out and got Brandon Cooks because you and I are both in the train that he is going to be the number one wide receiver on this Texans offense. And we know historically he's put up five straight 1,000-yard seasons in the past other than last year when uh, that didn't happen. But we know Brandon Cooks can be a wide receiver one. I think he will be a wide receiver one uh, with a strong quarterback and, and uh, uh, Sean Watson. Um, so I think they're going to have a strong connection. And I, I was happy to get in there late in the eighth round. Yeah, I'm completely with you there. I mean, Brandon Cooks has shown time in and time out that he has top 15, maybe even top 10 fantasy potential. So you getting him in the late eighth round is an absolute steal. If he's able to stay healthy, he and Deshaun Watson could both have a really big year. Absolutely. All right, so moving on to round nine. Some might consider this a reach. But, you know, when you get into these later rounds, you do have to take the guy that you're looking for, especially looking to fill a position. I was looking to fill up my tight end position, and Hunter Henry had just been taken the pick before I took Josh Allen, actually. So I'm looking at the tight end uh, position. And the next guy in my rankings is Hayden Hurst. Yes, I probably could have gotten him in the 10th round, but I had to just be sure I could snag him. So I did take Hayden Hurst. I just love his potential in this Atlanta offense. You look at how Matt Ryan and the Falcons utilized their tight ends. Austin Hooper had over 70 catches in each of his last two years. Hurst has so much potential. He was a first-round pick for a reason. I think he's going to have a big year. Yeah, you went out and got your guy, like you said. You know, you know, if you really want someone, go up and get him. I think it was a stretch uh, with Henry Ruggs in the seventh round, but it's more reasonable you know, taking Hurst in the ninth rather than the tenth. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so moving on. Uh, and it was tough for me to take him over guys like Jordan Howard and even Nikhil Harry because I'm really high on both of those guys, but I just needed to fill my tight end position at that point. Yeah, for sure. All right, so moving on to the 10th round, I had pick number nine, and I did end up taking Preston Williams, who we did mention earlier. Both Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns ended up opting out a couple, the last couple of days for the Dolphins, which leaves Williams as the clear-cut number two receiver. And realistically, before he tore his ACL, Williams was actually out-targeting Devontae Parker, Parker through the first eight games for Miami. Now, obviously, Tua might end up being the starting quarterback, but either way, that shows that Williams, he definitely earned Fitzpatrick's trust, and he definitely has the capability of having big games. I think he had uh, 60 targets through eight games, so he was on pace for a 120-target season. Uh, as a rookie receiver, that shows a lot of promise. I like getting him in the 10th round. Yeah, and Christian Williams, um, first half of the season, when he was on the field, was the best wide receiver on this team. Devontae Parker was not effective until Preston Williams went down with injury, and then Devontae Parker broke out. 
so Preston Williams is a great wide receiver, undrafted. Uh, he has a chip on his shoulder. I like his game a lot. Uh, I think he kind of fits the Miami system really well. Yeah, 100%. Like you said, hopefully Preston Williams can uh, surpass Devontae Parker again. I'm not counting on it, but it would be nice uh, to see something like that. He's definitely a guy who has potential to be a league winner. Absolutely. All right, so who do you take with the pick right after me, Trent? Well, before we get to that, I just want to note that the first pick of round 10, uh, one of our friends took the Bills oh my God. defense. Oh, my God. Uh, not even the best defense. Uh, I, I, I don't think they're the best defense in the NFL. Um, and he also took them in round 10 of a what 17-round uh, draft. So definitely a reach there. Uh, yeah, not not only did he do that, but I'm pretty sure right before he said that, he declared, you know, got to get your guys. And then took the Bills defense. So, uh, yeah, take that as you will for how these guys are drafting. And just for frame of reference, this guy has Kareem Hunt as his RB1 and Tariq Cohen as his RB2. So, he's got, yeah. He's got an interesting team. He's got a squad, one might say. Yeah. All right, so who did you take uh, with the 10th pick in round 10? Yeah, so I, I'm, I, I'm even going to go further than that. I'm going to help speed things up a bit because we're, we're drawing this out a bit. I'm, I'm going to let you know who my starting lineup is right now, and I'm just going to run through – my bench and who I haven't talked about yet. Um, yeah, that's fair. Uh, we'll both touch over our starting lineups. Then. Yeah. So uh, my QBs: Dak Prescott, running back Aaron Jones, RB two Le'Veon Bell, wide receiver one Adam Thielen, wide receiver two Kenny Galladay, tight end George Kittle, flex Michael Gallup, and I'll just say it now: I end up drafting the Saints defense and Kai Fairbairn as my kicker. Yeah, and then uh, did you say you had at the end of your bench, Trent? Oh, I didn't get into my bench yet, but I go, go ahead and just throw in the end of your bench, honestly. All right, so the rest of my drafts, so I, I said Ronald Jones I drafted, and Brandon Cooks I also drafted. In round 10, I ended up drafting John Brown. In round 11, in this pick I loved, I took Latavius Murray in the 11th round with a third pick. It was really big on that one. Jeff and I were just talking about you know, grabbing those backup running backs. I don't even think Latavius is a backup running back. I think he actually has a role in the system. So really happy about that. I took Sammy Watkins in the 12th round, kind of a, a, sh- a shot in the dark with this one. He is going to be you know, really good in this offense and, and turn out like he was in the playoffs, or he's going um, to be doo-doo uh, like he has <laughs> in the past. So that, that was kind of just like high risk, high reward there. 13th round, took Antonio Gibson, who you could call him a backup running back, but honestly, I think he could also start on this Redskins team. I mean, they have four running backs, and they really don't know who's going to start yet. But I like Antonio Gibson. Um, he, he's a he was he is a great running back. Um, you should watch some film on him. He's crazy fast, cuts really well. Fourteenth uh, round, same thing. You could call this guy a backup, but I mean, Sonny Michelle may not be starting. I snagged Damian Harris, uh, running back for the Pats. He may end up being a starting running back, at least like as a true running back. James White will get a lot of. Um, catch out of the backfield, but especially if Sonny Michelle starts, you know, on the PUP list, I, I see Damian Harris starting for our team. Uh, the 15th round is when I took the Saints D. The 16th round, I snagged Eric Ebron. Uh, I think he's got a lot of value on this Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Big Ben loves his tight ends, and it couldn't hurt grabbing him here. I I, I was shocked that I, I got him this late. Um, could always plug him in for Kittle if he gets hurt, or just on his bye week. And then finally, in round 17, I did take Kai Fairbairn, uh, my kicker. Yeah, I mean, Trent, honestly, this is a really solid team. There's no real holes. 
Uh, obviously, Aaron Jones has a ton of potential. Le'Veon Bell, both of these guys have a ton of potential, but I'd say they actually do both have relatively low floors just because Jones is in such a crowded system and Bell is behind a poor offensive line still in New York. But like I said, I mean, when you're drafting and you're picking up these guys in the second and third rounds, you're not going to be a perfect situation. As I really like your entire roster. I appreciate that. So let's get into your team. Yeah, so uh, I do have Josh Allen as my QB. Josh Jacobs and Austin Eckler as my running backs. Allen Robinson and Keenan Allen as my receivers. Hayden Hurst at tight end. Leonard Fournette as my flex. I did end up taking the Bucks defense and Chris Boswell to round up my starting lineup. Then I had David Montgomery, Marvin Jones, Preston Williams, and then picking up where I left off, I did take Mike Williams, so I did lock up another key member of that uh, Chargers offense. I have three guys now, actually, Eckler, Allen, and uh, Williams, which I didn't even notice until we started talking about this and had this conversation. But, you know, I like the Chargers offense this year because I think they're going to be playing from behind a fair amount, and I think all of these guys have big play capability. And then I did pick up a handcuff, but not the handcuff for my player. I did pick up Alexander Madison, uh, who, if Alvin Cook ends up not playing for whatever reason, got an absolute steal there And what I think it was the 12th or 13th round. Uh, rounding out my bench, I had Paris Campbell, I think has a lot of potential in this Colts offense uh, this year, working with Phil Rivers. I took Joshua Kelly, who I do think has the capability of being not a handcuff, but I think he will surpass Justin Jackson as the Chargers RB2 or the guy who they're going to go to on the ground this year by the end of the year. And then finally, I took a backup tight end because, you know, when you take a guy like Hayden Hurst, as much as you love him, you do need to take a guy to replace him uh, in case something happens. And I took Jack Doyle, who I think has a really good uh, floor since they moved on from Eric Ebron. And he's in uh, Pittsburgh this year, and he's working with a quarterback like Phillip Rivers. So, yeah, that will round up my team. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of what you get with the running backs in this draft. Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, Dave Montgomery, those four alone, you're going to have no problem putting out two to three. I mean, your flex will most likely even be a running back week in and week out. And I like all those guys, to be honest with you. I'm high on Josh Jacobs, high on Leonard Fournette, high on David Montgomery, a little less on Austin Eckler, but in PPR, he's a great back to have. Uh, solid bench. I Like like you mentioned, and you didn't realize, probably the biggest question mark is having both the number one running back and number one wide receiver um, from the Chargers offense. But if you believe that it's going to be a high-powered offense and one that succeeds, then there's no problem having uh, you know number one option from, from both positions. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, I've got ton of, I've got ton of, sorry, a ton of uh, running back depth to work with, and I could possibly move Allen Montgomery, some sort of package like that if I really do need to move on from Keenan Allen. But I'm not expecting to have to do so. Yeah. And uh, right. yeah, just, just something to add on real quick. This this league uh, that Jeff and I just went over is the Dairyfield Fantasy League. I'm sure that at the beginning of episodes, if uh, Jeff or I make trades, we'll make sure to bring it up and talk about things that happen week in and week out in this league and the other leagues we're in together. Uh, we do quite a few leagues, um, some high stakes, some for fun, all of them for pride. Uh, I'm really excited to, to finally get back into fantasy football again. Yeah, you know, couldn't have said it better myself, Trent. And I think that's a great place to wrap up this episode of The Rollout. We really hope you guys enjoyed. And as always, we'll be back Monday with another episode. Stay safe out there, everyone.